Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Well, night has fallen on the American desert, and I just sort of feel like making a proclamation. Because you stand up here on a lectern, and you feel like you're supposed to proclaim something. There's a compulsion to make a proclamation, and considering the circumstances, I hereby proclaim a new holiday, a particular holiday for desert people, a desert Thanksgiving. In the North American desert, this could be one of those wandering holy days like Easter and Passover, or probably better, it should have a set day, a day set on the calendar that's based on a county-by-county calculation of the average day when the rattlesnakes are out again. The purpose of this regional day of thanks, a weekend of thanks, in fact, so you can get a good Saturday night party built into the thing, well, is to say goodbye to the easy times, the cooler months, when you do not think about rattlesnakes. We really only have two seasons in the desert. Up in Elko, three or four winters ago, I was buying myself one of those oil cloth flannel line coats at the Western Wear store because the wind was so cold around the Ruby Mountains up there that I was having a hard time just hiking around, just walking around looking at things. There were snow flurries whipping around the parking lot outside, and at the checkout, I said it felt like North Dakota out there. And the woman behind the counter, she kind of shook her head at me like I was a real idiot. She said, we only have two seasons in Elko, too damn cold and too damn hot. And that's true of a lot of the desert, the high desert up in Utah, southern Arizona, and up around Dulce. Dulce, New Mexico, where there's supposed to be a secret alien base inside the mountain. All kinds of weird lights in the sky, things coming in and out of the mountainside. Once I went up to Dulce to look, I'd read a lot of garbage on the internet, and I thought I might better drive up there and look. And while it's a really pretty place, countryside-wise, I did not see anything outrageous. I filled up the tank at the casino, and that was about the height of the excitement. But once the rattlesnakes are out, it's really, really time to welcome part two of the year. And that's why you should call this desert holiday Snakesgiving. I want you to think about it a little. Maybe it's a better name than it sounds right now. You might want to have a weekend event of some kind, maybe a barbecue or something. Get a keg if you like that kind of thing. And at midnight, everybody can wish each other a happy Snakesgiving. And people would all kiss each other like on New Year's. Oh, you could time the births in the neighborhood. Well, the best thing about Snakesgiving is that other regions of the country would not be allowed to celebrate it. Because it's not just about snakes, of course. It's about the desert. It's a thing that can only be done in the desert. Desert springtime, as seen on Instagram, that brief and wonderful time of year, rarely more than 11 days total, when you see wildflowers without trying, when the cactus wren is noisily making its nest, when, if you're lucky, you spot a tortoise with a mouthful of flowers. When the first rosy boa is spotted and the baby jackrabbits and the antelope ground squirrels and the cottontails happily hop around one another, all having a fine time, until Mr. Roadrunner comes creeping by. 
Mr. Roadrunner dive bombing off the patio roof, spearing baby ground squirrels on its beak, hungry for the flesh of the young. A week or two back ago, I stopped by a party at an old gas station on the highway in Joshua Tree. It's the one with the giant cowboy character outside, Big Josh. Everybody was in a festive mood. It was a warm night with the usual gusty winds, drink cups flying off the picnic tables now and then. Just a cheerful scene all the way around. It's always nice to see people now and then for a special occasion. People like to feel obligated to go out now and then. You're thinking, well, I don't feel like going over there because it's just fine over here. But this is a special occasion, and that's why I will go, and then you usually have a great time, thanks to being compelled to go because it's a special occasion. Well, there's no special occasion like a holiday. As nobody is going to bother to make a desert-wide, county-by-county average day of the return of the rattlesnakes, let's just say it's the weekend before May 1st, the weekend before or including May Day. And this year, that would be this weekend, April 28th and 29th, you really don't have much time to plan. So I advise you to keep it simple. Maybe go out to the nature preserve or the park up by the mountains. Maybe bring some trash bags. Pick up all the beer cans and scumbags and shotgun shells. That's always satisfying to do. Or plant some native plants around your property. Go for a run in the foothills. Hang out on the back porch looking at the baby rabbits. Put on some records, unplug the TV. Sit outside, listen to the coyotes. Listen for owls swooping by. See how far you can throw your phone. I don't want anybody to tell any of those people at the Genius Bar this, but I throw my phone as far as I can pretty often. I like to throw it on the trail when it makes me mad. I just throw my dumb phone as far as I can up the trail, which is really just sand, decomposed granite, the occasional chunk of quartz, rocks of various sorts. I'm no geologist. But it's usually when I'm trying to tell the robot to make a reminder to call in for swamp cooler service in the morning, something like that. And about 90 seconds later, it says something idiotic like creating a reminder to push the painted goblin up the stamp dispenser. And it does get frustrating. I mean, I've got a pen and a little notepad right there in my pocket, talking to a poorly designed capitalist robot that turns half your words into brand names and the other half into gibberish is the exact legal opposite of what they call self-care. Now, many people, some people anyway, will celebrate the coming of the hot months. One thing people will do in the desert is try to be the person who likes it the hottest. You know somebody like that. Oh, 120, it's nothing to me. They'll say, oh, I work outside on purpose. I don't even have any work to do. I'll just stand outside at 3 in the afternoon in late July, moving rocks around the driveway in the sun. And I admire it, I guess. Good for them. But by late July, I swear to God, I'm looking at those autumn pictures on the internet. You know what I'm talking about. Pictures of fall leaves, farmhouses in New England or something. People outside smiling, wearing sweaters and down jackets. 
a homemade pie with berries of some kind, and it's cooling on a rack in the open window of the farmhouse kitchen, a cool, gentle breeze. And outside, you can see a river, a river with water in it. I guess they call it a stream. And there's a wooden water wheel and a family churning butter or something. Who knows what they're doing? There's a long-haired farm dog of some kind running around in the grass and not hiding in the shade of the pickup truck with its tongue hanging out, dropping out into the sand. And I start thinking of all the nice times I had outside during season one of the year, season one of two. I make the drive up to Death Valley or the Mojave Preserve whenever I can, which is not enough, but I find a couple of excuses here and there throughout the year. The last time I made that drive, I think it was March. And it was good as ever, but it was already heating up by then, especially around Tacopa and Shoshone. But it was just before Christmas time, last Christmas time, when I was taking that drive back to Joshua Tree from Nevada, I had to go up to North Vegas to visit this character about some UFO documents. He had some UFO papers he thought I might like to see, apparently based upon some of the subjects covered on this program, or the approach to the subjects, I mean. Well, I did not know what to expect, and it all wound up being fairly prosaic in origin, as they say. But there is a collector's value to the stuff, to the historian of the curious, to the Fortean-inclined philosopher. There's satisfaction in handling the old materials, the mimeograph newsletters, the military-style graphic efficiency of the nuts-and-bolts aerospace-leaning UFO literature, the lean and generally literate prose, and a narrative style we've absorbed over half a century of UFO cock characters. Project Blue Book, The Men in Black, Rick Deckard, The Blade Runner. Well, it was a cold night, one of the few good cold nights in the Mojave during that last winter. I raced by too fast. The best time of year in the desert, nights with a Franklin stove, days sunny and cool enough to be out all day. Hike all day on Christmas, if you like. You've got to act. You've got to plan that trip, take that hike, Climb those rocks if you must, because if you don't, you will find that it doesn't happen. One day it's spring and Easter and Passover and April Fools all at once, and you're thinking, what the hell did I do that was so important? That I managed to not take a long walk up Sema Dome, or at least wandered around the boulders at the edge of town a couple more times. I realize spring is a very popular time of year in the desert. When Instagram starts looking like a seed catalog, there's so many flower pictures. I've done it too, I admit it. But the cold times are the times that I love most. It's a preference, like on one of those social networks. Anything's fine, any information is worth something to somebody, probably, usually. If they can't sell you something based on your personal preferences, they can probably blackmail you with it. What are you gonna do? The rattlers out of the recycling bin, as they say. But hopefully all of this is just a phase. Just an awkward phase we're going through. Well, now I'm rolling up Kell Baker, rolling up Kell Baker Road. I say up because I am driving south, but gaining elevation. 
It goes from 45 degrees to 32 Fahrenheit over the next 15 miles, and that's the kind of air you want blasting your face through the barely open windows. That'll keep you alert. That and a large coffee from the Mad Greek. Something good on the satellite radio. And all the while, there's this very bright light just over the mountains. The New York mountains and the Providence mountains just kind of hanging over the peaks. At one point, it seems to pick up speed, the light getting brighter and bluer, like it's coming down. Good Lord, it might just crash land right here in the preserve in the dunes. I've got the road to myself, and I pull over to take a look. And that's when I realize, standing outside in the cold Mojave night, that my windshield is all grimed up and filthy. My driver's side wiper is worn out. Along with the 90-degree twist and turns on this stretch of Kelbaker north of the depot and the lack of visible points of reference on the ground, Sirius, the dog star, the brightest star in the sky, briefly looked like some kind of insane blue-white fireball or space debris or who knows, maybe space monsters. Maybe those elusive space aliens. Always hanging around for no apparent reason. Just visiting. No photographs, please. Well, I walked off the road a ways, and I stood out there. I stood out there for a while, drinking the rest of the coffee and looking at the stars blinking between the peaks of the Providence Mountains. So happy Thanksgiving to you all. Across the desert southwest, across these western lands, Oh, I love this time of year, walking through the drugstore when the seasonal aisles are all full of those inflatable yard snakes people like to put up on their dead lawns for snakesgiving, all kinds of greeting cards. Happy snakesgiving to my dropout grandson or to my snakesgiving sweetheart. Come curl up on the trail with me, that kind of thing. Printed picnic napkins, centerpieces for the dining room table, rubber snakes hanging out of the plastic creosote, little LED lights for eyes. Everybody wants to go to the Snakesgiving Parade, that big scrap metal snake done by the local artist stretching across Main Street, which is really just the state highway. There will be some vendors, lemonade stand maybe, and you can bet the local paper will send a photographer, maybe both photographers. You know, I used to work for a country newspaper editor long ago, and he said the key to a successful small-town newspaper was to put a picture of everybody in the paper. Everybody in town should have their picture in the paper at least once a year. He kept index cards. This particular country town also had a lot of bad characters. We had a whole mobile home park that the sheriff's deputies called Tweaker Acres. So I asked my editor about those people, the people having a harder time. Did they get their pictures in the paper? He said, no, of course not. They weren't subscribers. But they did get to see their names in the police blotter every couple of months. It's kind of like that song Wailing Jennings wrote for the Redneck TV show back when I was a kid. He said, I'm a good old boy, you know, my mama loves me, but she don't understand. They keep showing my hands and not my face on TV. I think because they were always coming out with their hands up. 
it's nice to make some television programming for every demographic. Decades ago, when I first came to California, another kid at school was asking me what was different in the South, where I'm from. This was a welcome change from the usual interaction with suburban California children of that time. They would just mercilessly harass anyone from anywhere else for not speaking in that idiot surfer kind of voice popular at the time. Very few words, very few syllables. Dumb and proud of it. And as this neighborhood was mostly Navy, with naval housing and all that, there were people with every kind of accent from all over the world, mostly the Rust Belt, Texas, and the Philippines. Everybody just hated each other's guts. Well, I told this kid about back where I'm from, there were crazy Southern preachers like Jimmy Swagger on TV all the time. Jimmy Swagger, first cousin of Jerry Lee Lewis and Mickey Gilly. Musical prodigies, all of them, all out of their minds. And I told them how there was even a country music TV show with a bunch of rubes and hicks wearing overalls, sitting on hay bales, making jokes about cows, that sort of thing. And he says, you idiot, that's hee-haw that's made on a soundstage in Los Angeles. It had never occurred to me. I figured all this stuff was out of Nashville or Shreveport or something, like the Louisiana Hayride. And then he told me California had even crazier televangelists who were rich as kings and they built glass skyscrapers from the money that was sent to them. Money sent by retired ladies living on pensions. We had pensions back then, at least. All right, I've got to do a little bit of uh, desert park information. This is on the radio on Friday nights. That's right when all the visitors are driving up to Joshua Tree, and we got to give them some information. It's uh, public service. So excuse me. This is KCDZ 107.7 FM informational radio for desert visitors. Please listen carefully to the following bulletins regarding the following situations affecting the preserve during this busy Thanksgiving weekend. For visitors to our neighboring National Monument, Sand to Snow National Monument, please be aware that there are ongoing issues regarding the feral dog packs running loose around the trails and also the angry feral cattle that have been confronting day hikers the Longhorns in particular. According to reports from rangers, visitors, and the local newspapers, about 150 unbranded and unwanted cattle are stomping around the Palm Springs side of Sand to Snow National Monument, and they are both unfriendly and aggressive. These are not the cartoon cows on the milk cartons. These cattle have gone wild and they don't like anyone, along with all the packs of pit bulls and such, many hikers have had unpleasant encounters. As the National Monument is not our jurisdiction, all we can do is caution visitors to remain alert, remain vigilant, and if you have the skills to rustle up some cattle, well, each one of these beasts contains about 400 pounds of beef. You can sell it as free-range beef. That's not in dispute. You'll probably need a half dozen cowboys and a helicopter and a bunch of two-way radios and non-lethal defense systems, web nets shot out of a cannon from the choppers and whatnot. It's going to be a big operation, but if you get all the free cattle, you will make significant profit. 
Altogether, this is about 60,000 pounds of lean, free-range beef. That's $90,000 wholesale, according to the USDA prices for this month. And you would really be helping out, and you would really make the situation better up on the trail. Please bring plenty of water and keep your cell phone turned off so that if you need emergency assistance, you might have enough battery power to get a 911 call out, assuming you can find a place with cell phone signals, which is unlikely. The California desert features a wide variety of snakes, many of them venomous, all of them beautiful, and deserving of their life in the wild. The Mojave rattlesnake, often called the Mojave green, despite the fact that they often are not green in color, is unique in having both a hemotoxin and a neurotoxin in its venom. A very dangerous snake if you are dumb enough to tangle with one. Do not harass snakes or any other wildlife or local resident. Watch where you step and watch where you reach. Most rattlesnake bites are the result of people sticking their hands or other extremities somewhere they're not looking. The rest of the bites are due to drunken men deciding to show off for other drunken men. Disturbing any wildlife, including these pit vipers, is a crime punishable by whatever one of our freelance rangers decides to do with you. Other rattlesnakes in our high desert preserve include the western diamondback, the sidewinder, and the speckled rattlesnake, all quite capable of sending you to our dubious local hospital for longer than you can afford to stay. Anti-venom runs about $1,500 per vial, and you'll need at least a half dozen vials, along with the usual emergency room cost and blood work and such, and that's if you're lucky enough to avoid permanent nerve damage or organ failure. Welcome to Lonesome Triangle Desert Preserve. The following campgrounds are closed due to tourist season. Fitzgerald Wash, Paiute Creek, Centipede Springs, Sorry Springs Canyon, and Hobgoblin Flats. Due to many millions of visitors, you are unlikely to find a campsite at all and will probably end up driving out to Barstow at 2 a.m. looking for a motel. Due to a recent outbreak, you may experience delays at Devil's Teapot, Mesquite Harbor, Cougar Senior Village, and Stampede Wash. Visitors are advised to register at the ranger station before embarking upon backcountry trails. We almost lost another hiker just this week. Found him after three days. Visitors should provide contact information and blood tests may be required for all hiking campers at Monster Lake and Missing Time Canyon. There is no cell phone service in or around Shovel Valley, Lost Horse Ledge, Pearson's Hole, No Hope Canyon, and Port City Wash. Antelope Flat tours have been discontinued due to security concerns as of October 2001. It is prohibited to stop your vehicle between Choya Ridge and Quail Station. The road is closed at either end, dusk till dawn, 365 days per year. And that concludes information radio for the Desert Preserve from KCDZ 107.7 FM. Please make sure and carry all of your field guides, wildflower books, and other reading material on your day hikes. You will find yourself feeling very grounded and secure, having a good heavy weight at the bottom of your backpack. 
3 million visitors a year is what we got at Joshua Tree National Park this year. That is double what we had during the recession a decade ago and about two-thirds more than we had just a couple of years ago as we lack any kind of modern services. We only got internet about 10 years ago. We find ourselves a little crushed. We have about four restaurants, a couple of motels, one saloon. You go into the saloon this time of year and they give you one of those buzzers. You can have a table in the saloon in 45 minutes, watch the buzzer. And tonight from Palm Springs, this has been Desert Oracle Radio. You can hear the broadcast on 107.7 FM in Joshua Tree in the high desert each Friday night at 10 p.m. on your radio. Try listening on a lonesome night drive. That's really the point of it all. Or from your windblown tent or a creaking cabin. Maybe bring out the portable radio. Bring it out by the campfire. However you do it, we are thankful for your fellowship via radio waves. You know, it's a radio wave even if you listen to the podcast on your phone because that's how the things work. Radio waves. Thanks to Leonardo Bravo and Melissa Hempel here at the Palm Springs Art Museum Education Department tonight for inviting us over, inviting us to bring all this high desert rabble to the city. I hope none of them got into trouble. I hope that none of you did anything weird out in the sculpture garden. We have a reputation to maintain. Some quick announcements before the Ravens take us home. This coming Saturday, April 28th, Thanksgiving weekend, is Independent Bookstore Day. Desert Oracle can be found in many beloved indie bookstores, including Skylight Books in Los Angeles and Back of Beyond in Moab. And on Saturday, on Saturday, I'm going to be up at Red Rock Books in downtown Ridgecrest. It's one of my favorite independent bookstores in the desert. Red Rock Books, 12 to 4, I believe. And if you enjoy the desert soundscapes on our radio program by Red, Blue, Black, Silver, several of which you've heard tonight, on Sunday, April 29th at 7 p.m. at the Beatnik Lounge in downtown Joshua Tree, our own Red, Blue, Black, Silver is performing live on the occasion of his album release. It's called Red, Blue, Black, Silver 01. It's his first album. It's even on vinyl. It's a free performance. Come by if you're around. It's a free night out. No Netflix subscription required. And that is it for us. Thank you for coming. Thanks for listening. Make sure to shake out your boots in the morning. And good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs>